0: Kempire is brought to you by? Only a couple more weeks till the Kempire After Dark tour is officially launching. First show, January 25th, here in New York City at the Green Room 42. Tickets are going fast, but some are still available, including meet and greet tickets. And on February 16th, DC, buckle up. I'm coming to your town, and I'm so excited to talk about everything reality TV, reality TV news, and pop culture. You're going to have an opportunity as well to ask questions, share your shady thoughts, or drop some tea. It's a night full of kitchen table talk. Campire After Dark has officially come to 2024. New cities coming very soon. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on all platforms so you don't miss out when those announcements are made. For more information on our New York City show or our DC show will be available in the description of this episode. You're listening to Kempire on the Kempire Radio Network. Miami's uh on, on, on fire. Miami's on, 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 on fire. Ooh, let me shimmy. <laughs> Look, let me shimmy. <laughs> Come on, Miami. Ooh, Okay. We have a lot to unpack in regards to the Real Housewives of Miami. Episode 11, they were the only Real Housewives franchise to actually have an episode during the holidays, which resulted in low ratings because a lot of people, look, I was traveling, a lot of people were celebrating the holidays. Okay. But I feel like they're having such a consistent season. They've had consistent seasons since their, their return and their reboot. But I'm really enjoying this season for, for a variety of reasons because, there's a lot of real things happening within the group, personally, and as you know, we've been following and recapping and talking about Gertie's cancer journey. And uh, again, another week where I'm like, oh, like I, I, like my heart is heavy, but at the same time I have to remind myself, she's okay, she's breast cancer free, she's okay, she's breast cancer free. But to, to follow this journey... As she's going through it. And then these ladies being really insensitive. This was probably the first episode where I felt like the ladies finally rallied around around Gertie. Lisa, you are coming off as the only Karen. Look, just when you call someone Karen. Look, you could be a... uh, Look, I'm getting conflummoxed. (laughs) Here's the thing. Just because we call you Karen doesn't mean that you're racist. I'm not saying that. But... The behavior is so annoying this season, but it's okay. It's all right. We will get back around because I still like Lisa, but she's been intolerable this season because I really feel like she doesn't give these women grace in regards to they rally behind you. They're saying these things because they love and support you. Them telling you not to drive Eleni's car after he's accused you of tampering with the car and adding listening devices. They're not just saying that because they want to say that. Yes, I didn't love the way that they handled that conversation because it felt like everyone was just bombarding you. But, Julia, (laughs) I didn't love what Julia had to say in regards to why exactly did you leave your children to come to my party to support my wife. But everyone, I felt like, were on the same page that Julia, eh this is not the way to go this is not the way to go sidebar larsa you are so phony you literally on watch what happens live was like i don't know why the girls are so you know um imp- you know so pressed about um lisa and her spending and da da da. you were literally joining in that conversation you were literally talking about lisa and how she's not responsible with money and the fact that that episode aired and still on watch what happens live you're saying the same thing like Larsa lives in her own world, a world where she wants us to believe that this relationship with Marcus is real. I am fully convinced that this relationship, I don't know what their plot and plan is, but, and I know you're thinking, you're saying, Kemper, you don't believe in anyone's relationship this season on any of these shows. Maybe because I've been following this so much and I've been hearing so much tea on all of these folks that I'm just like, oh, so none of this stuff is real. None of these friendships are real. So I'm sort of like, maybe I need a break from reality TV because, or no, you guys want me to continue to be the voice of reason. <laughs> Come on. You guys want me to be the voice of reason and to, 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 you know, break down these walls of fantasy that they have out here on reality television. But some of you want to live in that fantasy world. But I think you also want that fantasy world to be convincing, And Larsa, your relationship with Marcus, that scene with you, Marcus, and your daughter, Sophia, you could see that Larsa was the one navigating and controlling that whole situation. It was awkward, it was cringy, and it wasn't interesting. This is is why people are slowly but surely getting out of reality television, because it's so pre-produced. So pre-produced. But anyways, I've already gone into every single thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to The Real Housewives of Miami. But let's start from the beginning. (laughs) Welcome back to the Kempire Channel, your number one source for pop culture news and music, entertainment, reality TV, and so much more. As always, be sure to like the video, be sure to subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell so you never miss out on breaking news when we go live or when we upload. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, don't forget to give us a five-star rating. For those that didn't know, you can take us on the go by listening to us as a podcast. You're also receiving special episodes on the podcast as well. So there's a mix of content. And sometimes I add extra (laughs) thoughts, extra notes, extra things that I thought about during our recap that I add into the podcast. So be sure to subscribe to the Kemp Podcast on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So let's get into the Real Housewives of Miami. How would you guys rate this episode from 1 to 10? I thought it was a solid episode. I think I'm going to give it an 8, 8.5. All right, at the top of this episode, this is this is what I love about M- Miami and pr- other production companies, other cities. Please take notes. Let's get out of this whole... Um, this is the way that it's always been done. No, let's mix it up. Because what I can appreciate about Miami from the beginning of their reboot is that they've really sort of not given preferential treatment to housewives. They really have allowed a housewife like Marisol to have her own scene. And I know Marisol's an OG, but she's still a friend of the show. Which is making me start to think, well, she, she's married. She seems to have a lot going on. Why isn't she a f- full-time? Maybe production isn't convinced. But I still love my Marisol, and I still love the fact just because she's a friend of doesn't mean that we can't get into her life. And we literally do that. We go to her home in this first scene. We get to see her husband, who we haven't really seen a lot of in past seasons, but we're seeing a lot of this season. And I noticed at BravoCon, he was there with, for her then. During Anytime she's do- doing appearances, he's there. Okay, so... And we get to meet his, his boys. And Marisol talks about how he, at 49 she thought, maybe I'll have kids. And she found out yeah, her, she just didn't have, have the capabilities of having children at that point. But she feels happy that with this new relationship, she does have a family. She doesn't play the role of mom with them, but she plays the role of, you know, friend or big sister kind of thing. Which can be nice. You know, I I can see how, yes, maybe she wanted to have kids at one point in her life and she didn't. But she still feels like, oh, I have a family. You know, I'm not their mom, but I can kind of be motherly to them. Okay? So I think that's nice. So, of course, being Marisol, she, of course, has invited a psychic medium over to kind of get the bad energy out of the house. You know I love a psychic medium. But I don't think I've seen, at least I haven't. No, I guess I have seen, more. but it's mostly like women. So it's very rare for me to see like a black male psychic medium. We should get him on the show, right? <laughs> like I wanted to. I don't feel like this episode highlighted his talent. I feel like they made it seem kooky and funny, but that's production. I really do believe that he probably is talented. But the way that it was edited made it seem like, you know what i mean so he says he found he found some energy they walk through the house he finds some energy in this particular room what i didn't understand was he said once he did the sage he said give it about two weeks two weeks I i believe when you sage stuff out that they just immediately go why do we have to wait two weeks or is that just your guarantee two weeks give it two weeks all right all right I don't know about you guys, but I feel like, I know some people don't believe in stuff like this, but when you look back at some of the religions and some of the traditions and things like that, a lot of them, they don't call it the same things when they're staging out stuff, but it's all rooted in the same thing, removing bad juju, bad energy, that kind of thing. So for those that feel like, oh my God, are we talking... About? No, a lot of it is consistent across a lot of different religions, a lot of different cultures. Literally, when I went to Japan, seeing at the Buddhist temples, I'm lighting incense and things like that. So a lot of that cleansing exists throughout all the religions, which I find to be so fascinating and interesting. And another reason why it's important for people to travel. Traveling is its own education. It really is. And one of the things that I loved about going to Japan was... And what I love about traveling in general is comparing the, the things that you wouldn't even think about comparing. Because I think a lot of people just went like, oh, we're looking at the food and how they do food or um, religions. and things. No, I'm looking at the littlest thing culturally, um, just intrinsically, the way that they do things and believe in things and how they interact with each other, how that's different. There's just so many little – I can't even think of this, the things that I paid attention to that I was like – well, that's different. That's different. You know what I mean? Just the the most interesting things. The most interesting things. And, and this is why I always encourage you guys to travel if you can. I get it. Not everyone can, based off of money, based off of jobs. But if you can, if you if you if it means saving up money for the next year, couple of years, it's going to be worth it when you finally are able to do it. And also doing your research on how to travel cheaply, too. There, there are ways to travel that you probably don't even realize that you can and, and you can, how you can make it happen. Anyway, I've digressed. I, I, I've digressed. I don't know how I went, I went from him saging out the place to traveling. <laughs> but we are back. We're going to come back. So that, I thought that was a cute scene, but it reminded me that Miami has its own rules. We had an entire scene with a friend of... An entire scene, yes, she's an OG, but she is a friend of the show. And I know some of you are probably saying, oh, I didn't realize that Marisol was a friend of the show. Because of the way that the show is filmed, they don't give preferential treatment to the housewives. In some ways that they do, but I love the fact that they don't spend, you know, saying that, oh, a, 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 a full-timer has to be in the scene. We saw this a couple of episodes ago where it, there was just Kiki and Marisol in a scene, okay? Okay. So I thought I thought that was interesting and something that I wanted to point out. Gertie. So Gertie gets a visit from Julia and Nicole, you know, Gertie's still recovering from the surgery. Poor Russell. Like that scene where Russell and she, Gertie's like I need this, I need this, I need this. Gertie is a boss. I could see Gertie having a show where we follow her around when she was running her her um events business cuz seeing her do that, I'm like I'm sure that, because I think people still haven't connected with Gertie as a personality on Housewives, because her her personality isn't your typical housewife. Gertie's personality is a working woman of, like, she does, which is also a part of being a housewife. There are plenty of housewives that are working, but also are maintaining their homes. But I think she leans more into uh, this businesswoman. I could see a reality show around Gertie. Hear me out. Hear me out, because I also don't feel like Gertie has been the star of Miami. But hear me out, I could see a reality show with Gertie, very much like what we saw with uh, Kimora Lee Simmons. Remember back in the day, I could see something like that. If they do it right, I'm not saying that they should do it, but if we were if we were going to do something like that, I could see Gertie doing that. So she's bossing Russell around, and Russell's just like. Can you tell me everything that you want instead of me going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? Again, being a caretaker is not easy. Being a caretaker is not easy. And also being a caretaker to Gertie is not easy. Literally, he walks away. He's like, oh, can I also get? He's like, you're doing this on purpose. So Nicole and Julia arrive. And they, you know, of course, coming with gifts. And, you know, they're checking on Gertie. Finally, we have someone checking in on Gertie. But Nicole is pissed at Adriana because she feels like Adriana hasn't owned the fact that she was the one to bring Anna to this party. I said this last week during our, our recap of Real Housewives in Miami. I don't feel like Nicole is completely innocent. And I feel like the ladies are using this as an excuse. Both Marisol and Alexia are using this as an excuse to be mad at Nicole. They never liked Nicole. They don't love the fact that fans love Nicole on Miami. They hate the fact that she's a fan favorite and people are not loving them. But I felt like this season they were trying to embrace her just so that fans would embrace them again. But now they're running with this narrative. I think they thought that fans would turn on Nicole in regards to this whole Anna situation. I don't know what they were thinking, but, but Adriana, I'm just realizing that Adriana is not really owning up to the fact that she was the one behind it. So Nicole is, is upset about that. So, Gertie gets an invitation via text from Marisol to this gifting lunch. And Gertie points out, she's like, oh, this person's invited, this person's invited. Nicole's not invited? Nicole gets emotional about it. And I think the reason why Nicole gets emotional about it as she talks about this, she says that she's not used to this. She's like, girlfriends aren't supposed to, you know, be like this. They're supposed to uplift you. And I think for Nicole being a newbie on this show... She doesn't realize the game of being a housewife, that these ladies really aren't your friends. Some of them might be. Some, I, can, I do believe that Gertie and Julia are really friends with, with Dr. Nicole outside of this show, which is rare to find, especially on Housewives. But even then, she needs to kind of keep her guard up because, look, she gets really emotional she gets really emotional. and She's just like, I'm not going to any more group functions until someone apologizes. Honestly, Adriana needs to apologize. Marisol and Alexia, look, I don't feel like they need to apologize to Nicole. Because like I said, I don't think Nicole is completely innocent. I think Nicole knew that there was some drama. And she was like, all right, yeah, you can bring, you can bring Anna. I still don't understand why Marisol and Alexia were running from Anna. If, if what, she, what she said isn't true, if anything, this should have been your moment to confront her. Why are you guys running? It doesn't make sense unless you're running from something. But I also think that Nicole knew that there was drama. Did she know the nitty gritty? Did she know the chapter and verse of it all? Probably not. But I know she pays attention on some level. She's no dummy. But <laughs> look, but Adriana should be the one to apologize to Nicole. And take some ownership. Because she's allowed it to sort of fester and become bigger than it is. Instead of saying, guys, I'm the one who invited Anna. It wasn't Nicole. You guys aren't, you aren't even mad at at uh, Adriana. Okay. Um, so, Nicole gets really upset about that. And she says that, you know, the fact that these girls do not think the best of her. And they never have. We remember the first season of this reboot. They have always had some sort of issue with Nicole. Dr. Nicole, you know, I love to, you know, DR periods. We love to give them their respect. Sidebar. <laughs> is eight and a half from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills still mad at, at Dr. Nicole? I wonder if they've they've spoken behind the scenes. She called her a clout chaser. Eight and a half. Try to call Nicole a clout chaser. I was like, no, Dr. Nicole is fine over at Miami. Miami might not be bringing in the same ratings as Beverly Hills, but the people that are watching Miami love Dr. Nicole. They love Dr. Nicole. They still love Dr. Nicole. Even though she's playing dumb right now. <laughs> With this whole Anna situation. Julia says that she she intends to clear Dr. Nicole's name at this function. Julia's working overtime this season. She is working overtime this season. But here's the thing. And I know Julia has her little fan base. Hey Julia fan fans. Or Juliana fans. <laughs> here's the thing she's working overtime. I don't need a housewife that where it's obvious that you're working for your mojito this season. You could tell that she is working overtime this season to be relevant amongst this cast. Okay. And I I don't love that for Julia. I just kind of wish Julia would just be Julia. And yes, Julia is light and fun. We can appreciate that. But it feels like she is working overtime to to be in everything we've seen this the entire season it's just like okay julia like i get it you're tired of people saying that you're boring you're tired of you know not having a bigger role in the show okay (laughs) look okay but she says that she's going to bring this up at the gifting lunch she's gonna clear nicole's name all right But Nicole says she's not going to another group event until someone apologizes. Okay. So we then get this next scene with Lisa taking her son to the bank. So here's the thing. Her son's adorable. I think this was adorable. I I love when I see that these housewives or just, you know, families in general, parents in general, teaching their children about money and going to the bank and how to do that. Because how else are you going to learn learn that unless your parents do that. I know probably a lot of us that grew up didn't have our parents take us to the bank and teach us how that works. How to deposit a check. How does it work? How to talk to, you know, the representatives at at a bank. Like all of that is important. I know we didn't get all of that. It was just a really acute scene. But for me, it's a reminder for those that have young children that you should teach them how that works. Those moments where you're like, oh, I got, when you're, when you you when you're in school, I will be going to the bank. No, no, no. When they, when they get out of school or when you have a moment on a Saturday, take them to the bank, introduce them to the teller, introduce them to the bank representatives, introduce them to how to deposit a check, how to fill out the deposit. Okay, in this day, look how to deposit. For those that don't know, nowadays, you don't even have to do any of that stuff. You can just go right to the teller and deposit. You can deposit checks and things like that via the app. We've come a long way, but it's still important to bring them in so that they become comfortable because a lot of us learn learned that as adults. We we kind of had to go in ourselves and, and learn how to navigate those waters. So this was a cute scene, but this is where Lisa decides, you know, she says she wants to teach her son, Lucas, right, Lucas? I think his name is, yeah, uh, how to, you know, to save and the importance of saving because, she feels like the kids are going to see a drastic change in their lifestyle going from a 20,000 square foot home to a 3 to 4,000 square foot home still very big still very big but i get it i get it but they're getting kicked out the i mean lisa you're getting kicked out the house not them <laughs> but i get what she's saying i get what she's saying um One of the things that stood out to me in the scene was something that Anna said about how Lisa and Lenny got together. And then she mentioned that, you know, she talked all about her jobs. One of the jobs that she sort of like brushed over was that she was a go-go dancer. And I was like, a go-go dancer in Vegas? She also admitted that she worked for Hooters at one point. Look, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's not. We are not shaming anyone. A job is a job, all right? Sex work is real work. Not saying that's what she was doing. But I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like people like to shame people for having jobs like that. She definitely had nothing when she met Lenny. She also admits in the scene that maybe she became too comfortable. Not maybe. She got, she got too comfortable. And now she's sort of, like, trying to play catch up on building her own empire and working hard for, for her children. Because she just she felt comfortable living that life. She thought that she would always live that life. And you know, we have speculated, not saying that this is fact, that she knew that Lenny... I don't think this new girl was the first new girl. This is probably the first new girl that he decided, I'm going to leave you for. And new girl, please understand, unless you allow him to cheat the way that Lisa allowed him to cheat, allegedly, then he going to cheat on you too. How you got them
1: is how you, It's going to how you lose them. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
0: How you lose them, speaking of, I don't know, there's no transition for this. Don't forget, guys, we love our friends over at Coldus. Head on over to Coldus.com, but don't forget to use the discount code Kempire10 for 10% off of your order. But Coldus doesn't have just water bottles that keep your water cold for 36 plus hours. You know, I need to get a new bottle, actually. They have a lot of really cool new bottles, but they have ice packs, they have sheets, they have pets, uh, things for your pets. They have, I won't say they have pets. Really? No. They have things for your pets. Head on over to Coldus.com. Again, don't forget to use the discount code Kempire10. Also, guys, Kempire After Dark, the tour is finally here. Our first show is in less than two weeks. Got a lot of stuff to do before this show. Less than two weeks at Green Room 42. Tickets are still available. Head on over to the description of this video or episode if you're listening to this for tickets for the New York City show on January 25th. If you're in the DMV area, we will be in Washington, D.C. on February 16th. Get your tickets while tickets last. There are meet and greets available as well. All right, so back to this. And again, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to like the video. It's an easy and free way of supporting not just my channel, but other channels as well. Shout out to our channel members. To become a member of the channel, head on over to teamcampfire.com backslash join. And of course, we could not do our live chats or comment section without our King's Guards. So thank you to our King's Guards for holding us down. Speaking of holding us down, Larsa, you are holding us down to this fake storyline with Marcus. So... Larsa's at home with her daughter, Sophia. Her daughter, Sophia, actually lives in California. And that's where she decided to go to school. Her father lives there as well. Beautiful daughter. So in this scene, Larsa claims that she doesn't talk to Scotty about Marcus or Marcus being involved or hanging out with, with their children. She's, I think that Scotty has like a, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I believe Larsa. <laughs> In regards to that, she hasn't had a conversation with Marcus, unless she didn't understand the question. Because I think on some level, you would have to talk with your uh, former husband about your boyfriend being around your ex, or maybe you you haven't had that conversation, and now he's finding out, like everyone else, that she's shooting scenes with this man, or maybe he knows that this is not a real relationship. And I know the more I watch this, and I know I've heard tea about Marcus, and I've heard tea about this relationship, and I was like, okay, I don't know if I believe that, but as I, as I watch this scene and I, as I watch their relationship play out, I'm like, what is the plan here? Because normally I would I would think that Larsa would be with someone like Marcus, so I wouldn't think that that this is a fake relationship. But the more I see it play out, the more I'm like. This is not real. <laughs> this is not real. <laughs> the lies. The lies. Marcus is awkward. He's very awkward. Anyone else? I mean, is awkward too, but he's awkward too. Even the way he he's... Yeah. I'm like, I always want to say to him... Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what is happening here? And apparently his relationship with Sophia, she really likes him. Larsa... Sophia seems uncomfortable filming the scene. She also looks like she feels uncomfortable when Larsa asks her, "So, how do you feel about Marcus? Is Marcus the one?" And then poor, poor Sophia, she's like, "Okay, I'll send my, I'll say, I'll say my line now." Yeah, Marcus is the one. And, see. <laughs> and I'm like, "This is so weird. This is so awkward." They start talking about her her money and how she's managing her money marcus says he gives her some money advice which is not great money advice and then he says you know i'm still learning how to manage my money we heard recently he had to uh settle some sort of credit card debt that he owed i feel like his father has cut him off and i mean i've heard things about uh about michael jordan's children uh his sons and in their their lifestyles and and how they've sort of like squandered Uh, their opportunities and careers and things like that so I really part of what I believe now is he's on the show trying to create some sort of career for himself outside the shadow of, of his father reality tv like Michael Jordan built the career that he has the career he's a billionaire literally it was in Japan right yeah it was in Japan that I saw that they had the um air jordan i don't know what 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 it's called because here's the thing michael jordan's brand even it's not even words it's just it's just michael jordan's you know logo and i I saw it in japan i was like oh like that money is long but i think the father look i think why am i whispering i think that um michael jordan cut his kids off rightfully so they're grown they're like what 30 something years old they're grown, and I think that they haven't really found a way for themselves. And I think when they tried to find a way for themselves, those businesses that they tried weren't successful. Rich kids, spoiled kids, or as they would say in this scene, privileged. So I think he's trying to make a way for himself outside of, outside of his father, and he, he's chosen reality TV. And I know, look, look, look. I know we cover and talk about reality TV. We love reality TV. There's millions, billions of dollars made in reality TV. But it's not made from being a reality TV star. I mean, you can. Look at Bethany Frankel. But Bethany had things that she was working on. But I guess any money for him right now is better than none. Especially if your daddy has cut you off. Allegedly. I don't know if he has or, or not. But it's giving that. It's giving that. He took his first commercial flight at 16. I guess that's a big deal. Because his father has his own private jet. I don't know. I don't know about Marcus. Every scene with Larson and Marcus, I'm like, this is so weird. On Watch What Happens Live, she's like, oh, Marcus and I have sex five times a night. We didn't believe you when you were talking about you and Scotty having sex four times a night. But her and Marcus have sex. Like, it's giving fake. It's giving forced. Okay? And it's so weird. It's so weird. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it feels so forced. And I'm reminded that, was it last season? At the top of the season, she had that date. And we told you during our recap of that, we were like, she literally went on this date for a scene. So I felt like maybe she just recruited Marcus because they had mutual friends. She she needed a guy so that she could have some sort of story during the season. Because what else would have been Larsa's story this season? Last season or the pre-, and the pre previous season was about her divorce. Last season, she finalized her divorce. And Scotty didn't even want to film with her. So, it's giving fake. I hate to say this, but it's true. I got to tell you what I'm really thinking. I can't hold back. <laughs> Look, I can't hold back. Speaking of not holding back, did you guys see our Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap? Just when I thought, like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. this. The episode was okay. We were We were singing. We created songs. We went through song lyrics. We were like, why did Morgan Wade sing this particular song? Only for us to find out that that wasn't the the particular song that she sang during the actual charity event. Some of you were in the comment section. So you know it was in another song. Take Me Away was the song that she performed. Well, I read the Take Me Away lyrics um, after I saw that comment. Those lyrics weren't much better. Lies! The lies! (laughs) They weren't much better but okay, maybe there's some significance. I'm not going to judge, but judging. Okay. Anyways, back to our Real Housewives of Miami recap. All right. All right. Um, So we had that weird scene. Anyways, I want to move on. Alexia goes looking for a new apartment. As you know, Anna said that Alexia had to hightail out of that other apartment. They had to break their lease, allegedly. Alexia has said that's not true. Uh, she has—they sold up the apartment, and that's why they have to leave. But Todd is actually on a trip with his daughters, and that's why he's not able to help Alexia look for this apartment. And she's like, he's a real estate agent. Yeah, but you're grown Adele. Dell. You don't have to be a real estate agent to go look for an apartment you're a grown adult she probably has never had to do that before maybe okay so they go to look at this apartment apparently there really isn't a lot of real estate available at this point in time but a lot of people move to florida but i don't see a lot of these people that move to florida living in these big expensive apartments she's taken frankie with her to go look at at these places and frankie is not impressed he takes one look at his room he's like no this is too small <laughs> I'm, look, what I love about these scenes with Frankie and what Alexia is doing in these scenes, which I can appreciate, and this is where I see value, is her pointing out the fact that Frankie, you know, her main concern is Frankie's safety. Her, in her current building, they know him. There's a, a, a front door person. God forbid he goes down there and he's leaving. There, there are people, neighbors that are looking out for him. What she points out in this, and as someone that worked in um, the nonprofit sector for a very long time, and specifically with people with developmental disabilities, is how important their environment is and consistency is. So she's like, yeah, I don't want Frankie to have a tub in his room. I don't want Frankie to have a balcony. Like, she's thinking about all of these things, and I love the fact that she's pointing it out. Because people... I think a lot of people wouldn't normally think about these things, but she has because she's lived with this for the last few years. And he's made a lot of progress. And she says because they're going to make this uh, uh, move, she she expects that there might be some regression in all the improvements that he's been making because now he's in a different environment. Now he's in a smaller room. Like, I the only, only person I feel sorry for now is Frankie. Like, if they get a smaller room, I don't care. Frankie, like, I don't, need, I don't need for him to be unhappy or uncomfortable. Like, like Frankie's like our kid. So, like, that's, that's my main concern. But I appreciate Alexia pointing these things out on camera so that people have a different perspective. Okay, she's not just moving out of, a, a, you know, a luxury apartment. She's moving out, but she has a, a son with developmental disabilities. And th- those are things that she has to think about. The tub, The balcony. All important things. The balcony looked nice, though. Anyways, <laughs> you know I love to look at property, so this was like a great scene for me. I was like, "Oh, this is nice." This is, I mean, I don't really love the aesthetic of Miami, like a Miami apartments. With it's, it's kind of it gives cold. It gives cold, but it's all right. Anyways, um, Marisol's gifting lunch. Okay, I have a couple of questions. So, we when we were first introduced to Marisol. We knew that Marisol run a PR company. She ran in a lot of big circles, like with Madonna, Versace, Gloria Estefan. Like, she r- ran in those circles. I don't know how Marisol makes money now. I mean, obviously, she made a, a lot of money in her career, so maybe she's living off of all of that. She had $50,000 worth of florals. Please understand, she's no dummy. She worked in PR, she probably negotiated. Uh, this is going to be featured on, on a reality show where million, millions of people are going to watch. So she probably got a lot of that stuff for free. And I know a lot of people probably like, oh, my God, all the, you, you're selling your wares. You know how people judge um, Jenna Lyons on Rony? They're not going to judge Marisol. If anything, we're like, this is fantastic. The group are like, this is great. So she sets up this whole party, and she has all the ladies come, and Alexi is like, oh my gosh, you did a good job. This is a, definitely a patent party. Again, a friend of hosting an event this season. We had that with Adriana, now we're having Marisol host an event. And then Kiki talks about at this event that she wants to host them during swim week. Friend doves hosting events. We have three friend doves hosting events this season. We don't see that in other cities. We don't. Sidebar, is Brony going to get some friend doves? I just realized we didn't really have any friend doves last season. Maybe that will help, you know, mix things up next season. All right. Anyway, as soon as Julie arrives, it gets so awkward. <laughs> She's so awkward. She comes in and Alexi's like, are you okay? But you know what I love about Kiki? <laughs> Kiki is so funny because Kiki was just like, what's wrong with you? You know, Alexi's like, oh, are you Okay. And then Kiki's was like, she's not here for it. Like, why are you acting weird? <laughs> Kiki made me laugh. She made me laugh because because it was true. Because Julia just came in being weird. So Kiki talks about Swim Week and the big deal of Swim Week in Florida. We're going to see more about Swim Week next week. Uh, but she's booking a lot of shows during this time. Julia also is getting back into doing some runway modeling. Um, this after 20 years of not doing it, she says. All right um marisol reveals that she didn't invite nicole and it's because her and alexia really believe that nicole nicole knows what she was doing all right and marisol says that adriana told her that nicole was the one to invite anna and she says that adriana seems very uncomfortable with with anna being there so she doesn't believe that adriana had anything to do with it Only for her to later say, I'm tired of fighting with Adriana. So they just want to be mad at Dr. Nicole. They just want to be mad at Dr. Nicole. All right? But Julia is just like, Adriana, you need to say something. You need to say something. And Adriana is saying in another language, stop. Don't start. Stop. Don't start. Eventually, Adriana does own the fact that she was the one that invited Anna to this luncheon but Alexia and Marisol they still are mad at Nicole they still believe that Nicole had some something to do with it and like I said I don't think that that Nicole was innocent but even the fact that Adriana takes accountability and says I was the one to invite Anna they're still mad at Nicole they're not mad at Adriana but Marisol admits she's like I'm tired of fighting with Adriana Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, but the ladies are still mad at Nicole. They're still mad at Nicole despite finding out this information. So, Lisa. Lisa arrives late, and she has an axe to grind with Alexia, which is so weird because I was like, wait, I, are, are we still mad from what happened in Palm Beach? So, she's she feels like she wants to confront Alexia. So, Alexia and Lisa end up having, a, like, an awkward back and forth And Alexis is like, I was looking out for you when I I was saying what I was saying. Gertie is there just sort of like, what is happening right now? What is happening right now? And Gertie is literally watching them fight. But what we find out in the scene is Gertie found out in the the car over that she has to go back in for another surgery. I just want to paint a picture for you guys because I think some people, especially watching the scene, don't get the depth. Imagine... Thinking that you're in the clear and you get a call or not even that something happens. Maybe it's a relationship thing. You just got into a fight with your ex right before you have to go be with friends or something like that. So in your mind, as your friends are talking about all kinds of things, you're thinking about what all the thoughts and anxiety and fears that you're having or the argument that you just had is in your head over and over again or the anxiety is in your head over and over again. So she's trying to play nice. She's trying to have a good time. She's trying to do her job. She's trying to show up. She literally just had surgery. She's still sore. Like you could be sore for weeks after a surgery like that because I know someone that had something similar. Weeks, months, you could be sore. And then she finds out that she could, that she has to go through another surgery just when she thought that she might be in the clear. And she wanted to have a good time. They're running around this party. There's gifts and things like that. They love it. They love it. So she wanted to be able to forget all her troubles. And in the minute Lisa comes in with her dark cloud, fighting with Alexia, assuming the worst of Alexia, when I feel like everyone's intentions with Lisa and what she's going through is to help her. I really do believe they're, they're, they're more willing to help her than Gertie right now. All right? So Gertie's listening to them go back and forth, back and forth. And she's frustrated. And she's like, I got to go. I'm leaving, guys. I can't do this. And she was like, I lied. I, I, I'm not okay. I have to go in for a second surgery. So everyone's just like, what? And what I loved in the scene, what I've been criticizing them for the last couple of weeks, is that as Gertie's leaving, they're trying to support Gertie. And Gertie inside says, make it right. She's looking at Julia. Make it right. Because she, what she's saying is that make sure that Nicole's name is clear. She's not the one behind this. She's also reminding them, I can't sit here and and listen to you guys talk about the pettiest things, and I'm thinking about life or death. I'm thinking about my health. I'm thinking about whether or not I'm going to be here for my children, my young boys. And I know a lot of you watch this, are triggered because you've been through something similar. You've, You've had family members that have gone through something like this. This is why it's important for Gertie to share her story. So I'm I'm watching this, and I'm just like, ooh. But what I loved was that the majority of the party, not Lisa, Kiki eventually joined them to um to to say goodbye to to Gertie. But Gertie in through tears is telling him, make it right, make it right. We also forget, if you've been watching the reboot since the beginning, Alexia and Gertie were, were friends. That's how Gertie was sort of like brought onto the show. They've had a friendship. And they've they've had, a, they've sort of lost their way from being on this, show, on this show. But what I see in this moment is that friendship still. You know what I mean? If, if it's a real friendship or not. But I see it in this moment. Oh, Gertie, you, you, you've been taking me through it this season. And I keep reminding myself, she told us at BravoCon, she's cancer-free, she's cancer-free. But you've been taking me through it, Gertie. Like, my emotions are just like... Oh. Because then I walk through it in my mind. I, I'm thinking like, okay, she's trying to put on a good face for the party and for the cameras and have a good time and, and all the gifts and, you know, and have a good time with the ladies. Then, of course, again, it's a reality show. They have to have their drama. They have to go do, you know, do the back and forth. And she's just looks like, I think for her in all reality, all this back and forth, all this pettiness. I know it's for reality television, but my reality is that I'm fighting for my life. And all of this back and forth. Lisa, you not understanding that everyone's intentions is that they love and care for you. At one point in that scene when Gertie is just like, I'm leaving. And she's speaking to, to, to Lisa. She's like, don't yell at me. You're such a child, Lisa. You're so emotionally immature. This is, this is the Lisa that I just can't stand. The shallowness of it all. It's like you don't, you don't get... Where, she, where she's coming from or what she's going through. Like, this is the moment, like, you know what? Gertie, you're right. And I know she's going to get this together for the, for the reunion because I need to see a lot of apologies to Gertie during this reunion. I need to see a lot of apologies because a lot of people have been so self-absorbed that they did not help or support Gertie during this journey besides people like Julia, um, Adriana, and Nicole. But I did see Marisol and Alexia show up during this particular episode and this scene. Kiki as well. Lisa, you were still sitting at the table, mad. I did see that Lisa said that the car that she drove, because she got a lot of backlash, the car that she drove, she said it was a rental. It wasn't her housekeeper. She just felt it was easier to say it was her housekeepers. <sighs> okay, girl. If anything, your housekeeper should be driving a nice car. Saying that you um, pay her well. Even though Honda's Honda is not a bad car. It's a reliable car. But anyways. <laughs> Look, anyways. Guys, if you're just joining us, don't forget to like the video. It's an easy and free way of supporting not just my channel, but other channels as well. And don't forget, you can listen to the live audio of this podcast uh, on the podcast, Kempire.com on apple Podcasts and on spotify while you're there don't forget to give us a five star rating and don't forget the campfire after dark tour is coming to new york city january 25th and then washington dc on february 16th more dates are coming so stay tuned for that be sure to follow us on all our socials so you don't miss out on those announcements the will link you to all of our socials all right On that note, I thank you guys so much for being here for our Real Housewives of Miami recap. This is a pre-record just because look, life is lifing. I got a lot of prep to do, guys, before this live show, photo shoots, and just a lot of things happening. A lot of things happening, of course, along with a lot of content to create on other platforms as well. So be sure to check out that stuff. But at some point, maybe during you know the next episode or whenever we will do a live show with a uh, call-in so you guys could share your thoughts but feel free to share your thoughts in the live chat and in the comment section on the Real Housewives of Miami's latest episode are you still enjoying the season I'm I'm ready for this um which I'm call it the uh reunion to happen for some of these shows <sighs> people have a lot of answering to do so we shall see Thank you guys so much for being here. I will see you guys in the next recap of The Real Housewives of Something. When's the next one? No, I guess our next recap will be Love and Huntsville and all that drama. Be sure to check out the video that we posted yesterday where we talked about um, Martel Holt coming out, breaking in silence in regards to his recent arrest. All right, let's get out here, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for tuning in to Kempire on the Kempire Radio Network. Don't forget, you can listen to the Kempire Radio Network on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. For more information on Kempire Radio, head on over to KempireRadio.com.